one's for the birds, this one's for the city. This one for the fans that bleed green with me. Push down to 95, to the right is the link. With the team pulling up, knowing that they're getting beat. Exit Broad Street, right on Patterson. Xfinity Live, CPP, what's happening? Dub F Lot, stop by F1. Fly, Eagles fly, you hear the song getting sung? What team in the league is number one? Bird gang, bird gang, yeah, I said it twice. You heard me say it once, now you sure you heard it right. No lies being told, yeah, it's all facts. It ain't Meg, Brenda, Kelly, we don't rock with that. Any given Sunday, we don't ever slack. Yeah, we got an SP, time to run it back. And even on the road, yeah, we taking over. All you see is see a green like you at the Nova. Can't let your bunch of squad, bro, it's only us. A cheesesteak tailgate, yeah, we good, bruh. Beer pump baptism, you already know. Con shot, tomato pie. Bring three or four. After every bird gang, you know where to be. Fourth of John, NBC, in the heart of Philly. About the birds, about the birds, all about the birds. E Rock, Gale, Thunder, Hollywood, her. Look up. Here we go. Broadcasting live from NBC Sports Philadelphia Studios in the heart of the Wells Fargo Center. Welcome to a very special wild card NFC East champion edition of the 4th and John podcast episode 117. Well, boys and girls, uh listen, that's a, that, that's a wrap. That's uh that's it. It's finito. Uh regular season is over. Uh d- a triple zeros on week 17 and uh you know, we we got nothing else to talk about. It's uh it's a wrap. It's it's, it? it's done. Is it, though? For the Washington Redskins, the New York Giants, and especially the Dallas Cowboys. How you doing, Dallas fans? It's your old buddy, E-Rock. Look, I'm going to need you to do me a favor. I'm going to need you to take a nice, comfortable seat on the couch over there next to your buddies, the Giants and the Redskins. Make yourself nice and comfortable, all right? Because you're going to be watching that team that you wrote off after Week 7, the Philadelphia Eagles, play some playoff Football. So enjoy the seat from the couch. Make yourself nice and cozy. Can I get you anything? Would you like a soda? Perhaps some chips? Can I get you a cookie? Can I get you a cookie? Do you want a cookie? Perhaps I can give you a cookie. Would you like a cookie? <laughs> but listen, I don't want to make this intro long-winded and dissing Cowboys fans because honestly, I felt like I've done that enough over the last two weeks. Instead, I would rather talk about the team that actually matters in the NFC East, and that is... The Philadelphia Eagles. I'm sorry, the NFC East champion, Philadelphia said. Eagles. I'm, I am going to say it with my chest. Because look, Eagles, I know it's kind of been kind of a rough relationship between the fans and the team. It's been kind of emotionally abusive at times. It's, it, it's been kind of toxic at times. If you were to put a Facebook status uh, uh, status update on it, uh, beyond complicated is... Beyond what it would be, it would it would be kind of complicated with mm-hmm. us. We've been at the top of the Ben Franklin Bridge, ready to jump off. You talked us down. We booed you. You disappointed us. All that sort of things. But as we stand here, ready to go to the playoffs and host a playoff game at Lincoln Financial Field against the Seattle Seahawks, I want to tell you that I'm proud of you. I am. As we stand here at the end of the season. I am proud of you. I am proud of you for embodying everything that this city is about. I am proud of you for showing the nation what the Eagles and the city of Philadelphia, what makes them uniquely Philadelphia. And that is you made mistakes this season. You made coaching mistakes. You made turnover mistakes. You made penalties. But you know what? Nobody cares. Quit your bitching. Work harder. You've gotten knocked down this season. You've gotten punched in the mouth and dropped down by lesser teams, by better teams. But you know what? You didn't let that keep you down. Nobody cares. Quit your bitching. Work harder. And you've had to deal with adversity when it comes to injuries. My God, it seems like annually I am saying this season after season. But after losing your top three receivers, missing time. Your top two running backs, missing time. Your top tight end, missing time. Your right tackle, missing time. Your left tackle, missing time. Your defensive ends, missing time. You've got uh, uh, defensive tackles, missing time. You've got linebackers, missing time. You've got cornerbacks, missing time. After all of that, you still came through in the end. Because you realized you had to quit your bitching. Nobody cares. And you had to work harder. I'm proud of you, Eagles. Honestly, as we stand here, I am proud of you. 
I just want you to know that. And I don't know how far, Eagles fans, I don't know how far this playoff run is going to last. I don't know if we're one and done in the playoffs. I don't know if we're going to upset some people. I don't know if we're going to make some noise. But what I do know is that the Eagles at home are one and a half point underdogs at home. And what I do know oh is boy. being You're underdogs. Bringing it back out? There's only one way to handle this. this. Guy. Oh. Bring it on, bitches. <laughs> Mr. Gail Saunders, Eagle Sessions on Twitter. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing excellent. Uh, Cloud and I myself, man. I mean, we went, we went through the trials and tribulations of this season. Uh, I mean, it, it, we were in the rain. We, 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 uh, we were just standing there getting soaked. It, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, we just sat there and had a moment during the game, after the game, with that moment when we clinched. And we just sit, sat there like, yo, man, we're going to the playoffs, bro. We are going to the playoffs. Uh, but like you said, being proud of the, the Eagles, uh, you guys stepped up when it mattered most. Uh, when, I, when I think about this team, the thing that sticks out to me the most is heart. One heartbeat, one city, one team, and one crazy diehard fan base sticking together the last uh, end of the season. Uh, it's been, you know, these moments where you're like, you know, like this, this football team, I couldn't, be, I couldn't be prouder. You know, I, I'm at the pro shop trying to get a T-shirt just for the moment of I want this to, I want to, I want to be reminded of what this, this team did in the last couple of weeks. You know, like, is this a Super Bowl squad? We don't know. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what your record is. We're in the dance. We are, we are in the dance. We have an opportunity to, to make a run. We're at a, we're at, look, this football team has a home game in the playoffs. Anything can happen. I mean, the, I mean last but not least, Carson Wentz, man. Yeah. I mean, Carson awesome. Wentz was on his Jon Snow-ish. <laughs> he was ready to fight. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz from the Eagle family mm. taking on the, white, uh, the, the Blue Walkers in the north. Uh, and then we we had a uh, we had Dallas Goddard, rightful heir to the tight end position, right. stepping up, <laughs> king of the practice squad, uh, Boston Scott, a man with no face, Deontay Bur Burnett making catches, uh, and, and and Greg Ward. I mean, players like these, uh, Josh Perkins, another guy, are stepping up, and, and it's incredible. Like I say, you're like dumbfounded. It's incredible to see what they've done with the weapons that they had. And we're in the playoffs. We are in the playoffs. We, we are, are in, in the, the playoffs. I forgot how hard it is to breathe with that damn thing on. <laughs> oh my god, it's been a while since I've worn this thing. Prime, can you do me a favor? Can you give me? Uh, can you grab me my lid? Evan Hollywood Hearn, how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. It feels so good to be wearing all black in memoriam of the Cowboys season. You had the season in the bag, you pompous pigs. But you know what? <laughs> You gave it up. You coughed it up to us. Um, I, I mean, I, I can't believe the turnaround we've had in the past month. I remember just a mere, what was it, four weeks ago, we were sitting here doing this show, and we had fans submitting videos that were ready to throw toasters into the bathtub. Oh, my I, God. I, I, I was that. asking for a toaster myself, and now we're, we're zero and zero. We got a blank slate. We're moving one game at a time, and we are hot at the right time. Carson Wentz has been playing out of his mind recently. Yes. With, uh, with, I mean, I'm sure we're going to get to this step of 4,000 yards in a season yep. with no wide receivers reaching 500 yards. If you go and look at um, all of our, our stats from this season, it will be the fourth player on uh, receiving yards list before you even reach a wide receiver. Wow. It's tight end, tight end, running back, wide receiver. Oh, that sure. that is just, it just blows my mind how, how we've been able to piece together an offense to make this work and to get us into the playoffs somehow, some way. But we got there. Somehow, some way, but we got there. And that and that's something that I kind of want to do a little bit of a review of the season because, like I said in the intro, it's been such an up and down sort of season as far as the fan base goes. We came in with expectations, and it's been just an emotional roller coaster mm -hmm. where, Gail, you and I are at MetLife Stadium watching that thing tick down to triple zeros and just like, wow, 
look how far we've come. Look at the journey that we've had. And football season, Eagles fans, I warn you, every single, in the beginning of every single season, at the beginning of every single uh, first show of the year, I'm like, look, we've got 16 weeks of football ahead of us, 17 weeks of football, and it is going to go by like that. So, I mean, let's take a look back. Week one, at home, Washington Redskins, Wentz is throwing up over 300 yards, Mm -hmm. the Sean Jackson's running all over the place, and all of a sudden you start thinking that, like, this team is exactly what we expected it to be yep. on paper, in the offseason, all the moves that Howie Roseman have made. They've been explosive. Sure, the Eagles kind of struggled in the first half, getting that chemistry thing down. Yep. Nobody played in the preseason, but they go out and they beat the Redskins. Week two, Gail, you and I were there at the Falcons. Uh-oh, what's hat like, like the injury bug once again came out and surprised us. Like a crazy ex-girlfriend just trying to ruin our, ruin our life. Mm-hmm. The injury bug came out before the game even started. Dallas Goddard going down. Deshaun Jackson going down. We were like, uh-oh, here we, here we go again. We're in another season where this is going to happen. The Nelly dropsy bug as well. Nelly drops it in the lights. Yep. It's a game we could have won. It's a game we should have won. It's a game that if we did win would delay the... Is Carson Wentz clutch discussion mm-hmm. because they would have come back in the fourth quarter? But it's a game that ultimately lost. Week three at home versus the Lions. JJ Ortega Whiteside can't come down with the pass. They blow another comeback, and all of a sudden we start questioning the receivers. Yeah. We start qu- questioning whether Carson Wentz is clutch. We start questioning Jim Schwartz and the defense. All of a sudden, we're, what we were feeling in week one, week two, Away game, Sunday night football, understandable. Week three, we start panicking, right? Do you mm-hmm. remember all this stuff? Yep, do. Week four versus the Packers. Oh, never mind. Short week, Thursday night football, Lambeau Field, Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz puts up 300 yards, and they keep the at least Aaron Rodgers in check as best they can, and they come out with a victory that we had all penciled in as an L going into the season. All of a sudden, uh, next thing you know, week five, you're at home versus the Jets. That game didn't really count. That was just kind of like, <laughs> who was that quarterback that we played? Nobody Luke, even remembers who the Luke, quarterback Luke was. Felt, felt, felt. Who? Luke, what the Falk? All right, make yeah. sure you don't make sure we don't have to hit the dump yep. button. No. Falk? <laughs> is it Falk? Yeah. Okay. All right, and all of a sudden we're three and two, feeling pretty good about ourselves. Vikings. We have to go to the Vikings. Uh, Secondary is getting lit up like a mm. Christmas tree. Her cousin is out there looking like Joe Montana. Mm. All of a sudden, is can we can we hang? This is the second time we got beat up by Minnesota. We start questioning things again. Yep. And then week seven at the Cowboys. Fumbled our way to a 14-point deficit that we could simply not dig ourselves out of. And then all the questions. And then we start questioning everything. Yep. Is it, is it true? Is Dak Prescott better than Carson Wentz? Uh, are these Eagles, is this Eagles team even capable of playing in the big games against it? Oh my God, is Dallas the real deal and the Eagles are frauds in the NFC East? We start questioning everything. So we go in three, three and two, winning record, feeling pretty good about ourselves, coming off of the, not only the Jets, but the Packers. And then two weeks later, we're three and four. We go up, we go down. Week 8 versus the, at the Bills, the Orlando Scandrick bounce back game. I feel like that's where the Eagles started to find their identity as far as the run game and utilizing the tight ends and dinking and dunking and not trying to push down the field. Week 9 versus the Bears, total domination. Feels like the Bears had negative yards going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're 5-4. and four. You had a winning record, you had a losing record, now you're back up to a winning record. Patriots, golden opportunity against a better team, you blow it. Nelson Aguilar, once again, can't wait to stop talking about this guy. Can't wait to stop saying his name on the podcast. Can't wait till he's wearing another uniform and he's not in Philadelphia whatsoever, but blows it uh, trying to track a ball. Week 12 against the Seahawks, another great opponent. Uh, At the time, a superior opponent. We'll see when they come to the link again, once again. But two golden opportunities against two winning teams. You go go 5-4 and after the Bills and the Bears. Now you're back down to... a losing record disaster strikes in Miami disaster fits magic man absolute disaster and then the last four games of the season you start proving all the doubters wrong start checking all those boxes start catching fire at the Mm -hmm. right time Carson Wentz coming back Monday night football against the New York Giants leading them in the fourth quarter doing it again in Washington DC a game Gail and I that you will we will always remember Mm -hmm. 
Dak comes up small when he comes up to Philadelphia. Division on the line, beat the Giants. Like it's been such a topsy turvy. I wanted to I wanted to kind of recap it because we forget. We forgot we for it happened so quick we forget about that ass kicking we received by the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. And remember that we had to get off the mat to go do that. We we for kind of forget of winning against the Bills and kind of finding our identity. Yeah. It's been a like you said in your intro Gail, it's been a journey, man. It has been. I mean, uh, there's a, there's a good quote from Malcolm Jenkins talk, talking about after the uh, the Miami loss. Mm-hmm. He said it was either going to go two ways. We either, we either, either we were either going to nosedive into the off season, or we would stand up and make plays. After the Miami game, we had to make this decision of who are we going to be. That loss definitely was the most challenging point. We had to make a decision of who we were going to be as a team, and we responded the pa- the past month accordingly. Uh, you're, you're looking at players. You know, stepping up. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, and Fletcher Cox even alluded to it about the younger players uh, on the practice squad. Um, you know, they brought the team together closer. Um, and Malcolm Jenkins, another guy, a leader, mm-hmm. in, in one of the biggest games of the year la- last night, coming up with a uh, you know a strip fumble. I mean, yeah. guys are just stepping up, and it's it's contagious, bro. It's contagious. There, there's a moment where you look around at your teammates and you see. Guys making plays, and you're like, you know what? If he can do it, I can do it. If a guy goes down, a guy like Matt Pryor comes in, yep. or a guy like Brandon Brooks steps in and does fairly well. Uh, you know, a guy like Deontay Burnett, who half the people don't know his name, comes up make a ridiculous dude, when caught, catch. When he dude. caught that pass, I I I had to tweet it out. I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is, dude. I mean, that's I mean, when, in terms of like what makes this these last couple wins over the last couple weeks. It's the, the guys that are doing it. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can see it in their every movement of their body. Those guys are so hungry. You yeah. know, these guys aren't getting paid out there. They're, these guys are off the street. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they have, they're, they're out there wearing their heart on their sleeve mm-hmm. for Carson. And that, that's one of the things that I think that we had talked about uh, when, when we were struggling earlier in the year and we were wondering, can, is Carson, does he have the ability to make these wide receivers better? Or like, because mm. we we were thinking, you know, he's throwing some balls that are that aren't accurate. He's, you know, maybe he just doesn't have the connection. I think Carson has proven that if he's got hungry wideouts out there, he can make them better. Yeah, it's become crystal clear that Carson Wentz needs his own guys. We talked about this yeah. on the last podcast. I mean, it 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 has never been nothing's ever been more apparent in my lifetime watching the Eagles that I did not expect and seeing that Carson Wentz needs his own guys. And now we're, we're checking the boxes, man. Yeah, with Carson Wentz, like like I put out a tweet that was the Carson Wentz like hater checklist. Mm-hmm. Like you guys look foolish right now. Mm-hmm. You guys look super dumb. Some of it's in our own fan base. The receipts like, were being dug like, up like, today. Yo, let's 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 <laughs> keep were. it one. Let's keep it a buck. Let's keep it one hundred. Let's I keep it, it real. Yeah. I, li- I like I like that the receipts are being out there. Yeah, because oh, yeah. yeah. I mean we, you, we we we've we've seen them. I I haven't really talked about a lot of them, mm-hmm. but I remember I remember the North remembers. Okay, you know what I mean. So you're looking dumb. It's you're looking dumb. Are you a, are you an Eagle fan or not? At the end of the day, like all these and, and listen, part part of me understands it. Part part of me gets it. Because there was once upon a time where Sam Bradford was a quarterback, and I was a Sam Bradford hater. I didn't want to see the Eagles <laughs> fail. I didn't want to see. I didn't want to be right on my takes about Sam Bradford. But uh, I couldn't stand the guy, and I couldn't wait for him to be out of Philadelphia. I couldn't wait for them to, to, to draft Carson Wentz. So I want to keep my hypocrisy a little bit in check and say that listen, I kind of understand the people who are still butt hurt that Nick Foles isn't here, uh, that Carson Wentz is a quarterback. But right now, you look foolish. You look stupid because we he's been checking the boxes. He doesn't make his receivers better. Yes, he does. He just had too many of those Nick Foles holdovers from the Super Bowl run. Like yourself, maybe you should go find employment elsewhere. You know what I mean? Maybe you should go along, along with him. He needs his own guy. He doesn't make his receivers better. Check that list. Can't take the team to the playoffs. Check that list. Um... Uh, uh, 16 games. 16 games. Check, mm-hmm. check, check that. Isn't clutch. Check that. Can't come back in the fourth quarter. Check that. Can't lead the team down the field. Check that. He's checking all the. Uh, he's one. He's one game away. One W away. One victory away 
from having only one more box left to check. Like, if he wins a playoff game and checks that box, if he beats the Seattle Seahawks 4 o'clock, 440, whatever it is on NBC on Sunday, you know what the left box is left to check? Win a Super Bowl. That's it. That's all you the haters will have. That's all you... So now, right now, you're looking dumb. You're looking <laughs> stupid. You've been rooting against this team, so your horrible takes have been correct, and you're looking dumb about it. Because he's proving you wrong with backup and practice squad players, dudes that were bagging groceries. Yeah, I mean Carson Wentz is writing his own story right now. Mm-hmm. He's making new chapters. Yes. Where other 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 folks are waiting for the downfall. Now we're off to uh, the next chapter of the playoffs. Uh, so I mean, hats off to Carson for you know really taking that leadership role. Uh, and you see the younger guys really embracing him. Maybe the older guys weren't buying into Carson or. His his sense of leadership, maybe I don't I don't know what it is over the last couple of months, but together as a unit, you could see them believing, and that's one of the messages that Carson Wentz had over the last couple of weeks is believing. You got to believe, and, and and sometimes if people don't have the same vision as you, you know you you got to step to the left. If you guys got guys that really want to be there and make things happen, I think that's an important part for this this last couple of weeks in the run. Absolutely. And when we take a look back at that season and we go through, I know it was a little long-winded, but we go through just to remember everything that we went through. The funny part about all that and the funny part about everybody believing and the funny part about catching fire right here, Mm. right now, the funny part, as you mentioned in your intro, Evan, the funny part of just being here is we're exactly where we thought we would be at the beginning of the season. Like, that's the weird part. We're exactly where we thought we would be. Look, Eagles fans... Every one of us had a unique expectation when it came to this season. I expected them to be like ten and six. Yeah, uh, Gail, I think you expected a little like you weren't four. far off. Thirteen and four. Thirteen and three. I think twelve and four. Or twelve and four. Yeah. All Eleven right, and five-ish. Expect- yeah. Okay, so if you took everybody's expectations, of course you're going to have like the people that they think they're you know they're automatically going to the Super Bowl and that's kind of you know they're going to be they have their first seed unlocked they're going to have a first round bye it's going to play they're going to be the number one team going into the city. listen that's a, that's that's to the extreme there was a small minority that saw them you know 9 and 7 maybe 8 and 8 not making the playoffs but if you kind of take the average of everything take the mean of everything it was 10 and 6 11 and 5 12 and 4 somewhere around there you win the division you host a home playoff game they're exa- despite all the ups and downs that we previously just spoke about, this, the, despite the surprise that we find in our hearts right now that the fact that the Eagles are even in this position, despite the fact that they're getting hot at the right, we're exactly where we thought we'd be, mm-hmm. which, is, which is just mind-boggling at this point. We're exactly where we thought we'd be. And even at, let, let, let's say even there was something on top of that, like we won the game against Atlanta. When Nelson Aguilar had that tutty just dropping his lap and dropped the ball. Or J.J. Ortega-Whiteside catches it against the Lions. Or Nelly's able to track the ball against the New England Patriots. You take any one of those games, even if they won against Atlanta and Detroit, 11-5 doesn't get you past the 49ers. Gives you the same record as the Seahawks. They have the tiebreaker. Doesn't get you past the Packers and would get you past the Vikings, doesn't get you past the Saints. So in other words, even if they won those games that we were sitting here bitching and moaning and complaining about, being like, it shouldn't even be this team's record, we shouldn't even be going, we shouldn't even uh, have this record right now, we should be doing so much better, regardless, we would be in the same exact position that we that we're are right now. Mm-hmm. It's just mind-blowing to have gone through all of this. And the best part about it is, right now, we're zero and zero, man. Zero and zero. We got a blank slate, heading in hot. Plus, we're having fun. We, know, having fun. we, got, we got our swagger back. We got our swagger. I think we got our swagger. You know, you know what's fun? It has. Listen, I'm not going to compare this to the 2017 season because that had it all. That that I felt like when the stars aligned is 2017 was the first time that I actually tasted destiny. Mm-hmm. I saw what destiny tasted like. I saw this team going, they're winning the Super Bowl. I knew it by week six. Yeah. I feel like the entire NFL knew, hey, this is just the Eagles' year. It doesn't matter whether it's hockey, basketball, baseball. Sometimes you can look when the Chicago Cubs won it. Sometimes you can just look at a team and be like, dude, this is your year. You're winning. You're, go- you're going the distance. So I don't want to. I don't want to push that 2017 feel on this 2019 squad. But what I will say is, even though. 
I have reservations and doubts, and I'm not sure how long this little playoff run is going to last. After 2017, I told myself, never say never, never die, never quit, never give up. Mm -hmm. Because once you, you're zero and zero, as you mm -hmm. just mentioned, you don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs. You know, you could shock the world. Yeah. We already shocked. Stranger <clears throat> things have happened. Straight, yeah. That's why I keep reminding myself. Stranger things have happened. And stranger things was that 2017 season. Yeah. I Go ahead. I, I think that it's, it's kind of ironic. The, um, like the opposite like parallel that's going on right now where in 2017 we had the backup quarterback with all of the starters and now we've got the starting quarterback with all of the backups i think that parallel is pretty interesting you know what that yeah. is that is an interesting little parallel there yeah i mean the thing about this this squad right now i think there's a lot of unknowns there are a lot of are players that the league doesn't even know about mm -hmm. let alone the this eagle squad they don't know what these guys have to offer all these guys are offering something we don't we don't know. I mean, a lot of question marks. But going into the playoffs, and when you're trying to like get tape on 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 players, there's no tape on these players. Yeah. So there's a lot of unknowns here. Right. I want to bring up a tweet. Speaking about all the Carson Wentz haters and how it is amazing to be in this position, <laughs> I want to bring up a tweet by one Warren Sharp, quoting, "Amazing stat, and the context is crazy." Carson Wentz is the first quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards without a single wide receiver hitting 500 yards. Along the way this season, Wentz has lost his wide receiver one, his wide receiver two, his wide receiver three, his tight end one, his running back one, his running back two. Finished the season with a college football quarterback as his number one wide receiver and a five foot six, sixth round. I want to say that like Iverson. Five foot six, sixth <laughs> round running back as his running back one. If you were to say that out loud, Carson Wentz is the first quarterback with 4,000 yards without a single wide receiver having 500 yards. None of that makes sense. It's incredible. Like, like just do the simple math. Do the basic math on it. Okay, 4,000 yards. What, what, what does that mean? He's got eight people under 500 yards. He, does, he doesn't have a wide receiver over 500 yards. That's the first time in franchise history. Again, yeah. some of you Carson Wentz haters look real dumb. First time in franchise history that uh, an Eagles quarterback is going over 4,000 yards. Yeah, I mean, shout out to uh, Philly Pod, uh, Vic, who came up with that stat. Yeah. He was one of the first guys who pointed it out. Oh, he did. Um, okay, I want to make sure he gets but, the right um, credit. But uh, just thinking about this opening week, I mean, with the, the, the roster that Carson Wentz had before him. Yeah. I mean, are you serious? I mean, look at the guys he had at the beginning of the season versus the last game of the season. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. The, the fact that he's been able to throw for more yards in franchise history with this ragtag group of wide receivers that we got is just unbelievable. And if that, and if that never came up, if nobody ever said nothing, if that stat wasn't pulled by the Philly pod, right, would you have ever guessed that? Never. Would you have ever guessed that? No. I mean, I mean ju judging by the way these Eagles have played, it puts it puts the things in perspective, though. It's a, well, let's put it a little bit more in perspective. Your top three wide receivers, right? The the production of your top three wide receivers should be at the very least what sixty percent of your passing yards as 100%. a quarterback. Yeah, like if if you're gonna if you're gonna ballpark it, Alshon Jeffrey forty three receptions, four hundred ninety yards. Deshaun Jackson nine receptions, a buck fifty nine. Nelson Aguilar thirty nine receptions. 363 yards. Your top three wide receivers accounted for 1,112 total reception yards. If that was your, if you combined all those, if you mushed all of that into one receiver, that wide receiver would be ranked 27th in the NFL in yards behind Odell Beckham Jr. That's what your number one wide receiver, and that's our top three, bro. <laughs> So, uh, so let, let's, ta let's take it a step further. Let's look at bad wide receiving cores. Historically, Eagles bad wide receiving cores. We look at the 2016 wide receivers. The year Chip Kelly got fired. Aguilar, DGB, J-Matt. They accounted for 1,561. North of 1,500. Again, top wide three wide receivers for the Eagles this year, 1,100 yards. And he passed for 4,000 yards. 4,000 yards. 2001 wide receivers. We are oh, trashing Pinkston, Stinkston, trashing Stinkston, right? It was uh, it was Thrash, it was Pinkston, it was Fred X. They accounted for 1,702 yards, 1,702 yards between the three of those guys. The Eagles' top three wide receivers this year had 1,100, and he still threw for 4,000 yards. Some of you are looking dumb. Yeah. Some of you are looking real dumb right now. And some of, some people will make the excuse, well, well, he's thrown to the tight ends and the running backs. But, I mean, 
that's it's so predictable that you know he doesn't have the outside weapons. Yeah. What's he supposed that's a to do? That's one-dimensional game. Right there. Throw it like, the tooth fairy. And you got running backs who are uh, hats. Hats off to uh, Miles Sanders with the uh, 509 receiving yards. Mm-hmm. I mean that kid's been lights out in the receiving game. But you know without having weapons on the outside that distress the the defenses, the defenses know where it's going. But mm-hmm. Carson Wentz is you know flourishing with the with the short game right now. We we had a guy that could stretch the defense for one game. <laughs> One game. I mean, and imagine if you win one playoff game. Yeah. And, and he comes back. And then he comes back. It's a new story. Yeah. It, it, it is. It, it is, is a, a new story. A new story. Cars, I still can't get over this. Carson Wentz is the first quarterback in franchise history to surpass 4,000 yards. On this year, of all this years. This year. Too. And he's the first quarterback to surpass 4,000 yards without a wide receiver getting over 500 yards. Jeez Abs- Louise. Absolutely. He's, got, he's the first QB uh, with one touchdown pass in all 16 regular uh, season games. Some of y'all looking stupid. <laughs> so I, I, let's, let's call it as it is. I mean, if we waited till the end of the season to, to prove it. I've been critical of Wentz. We all have. I, I, I bashed him when he needed to be bashed. Yeah. Yep. I've kept Rightfully it real. So. I haven't been a homer about it. I yeah. haven't been a Wentz Called him out apologist. for the fumbles. I've called him out for the fumbles. I've called him out on his regression on his technique. I've called him out when he's being sloppy. I've called him out on his vision of the field. I'm rooting for the guy, card-carrying, charter member of the PCN, the Pro Carson Nation. <laughs> Right now, some of y'all looking stupid. I mean, another thing is, <laughs> thing, the other thing is he's not throwing interceptions. You know, we, we asked yeah. him not to turn the ball over, and for this run, he's been turnover free, and that's 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 very key at this moment. In, over in the last season. four games, all NFC East teams, Carson Wentz has averaged sixty-seven point six nine completion percentage, J- just a tick south, two hundred ninety-nine. Uh, 0.75 yards. Just a tick south of 300. Seven touchdowns, zero interceptions. Now, granted, he has had seven fumbles. He's lost two of them. Mm-hmm. So the fumbling thing. Mm-hmm. But if you looked at his, like when we were sitting there watching the New York Giants game, the one thing that stood out to me besides Boston Scott stepping up when needed to be, uh, wide receiver step Perkins stepping up when 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 called upon them, dudes making plays was just I was honing in on Carson. And I was just watching Carson. Because something that struck me about the, the Dallas Cowboys game was watching him hold the ball with two hands. Like, you remember how in the previous weeks, like, I'm so, I'm so pounding the table about the coaching. If he just gets the little things right. Yeah, the just mechanics. Gets, yeah. The mechanics. Just the football one-on-one stuff right. He can be a more effective quarterback and be able to lead this team better. And that fumble that he had against the, the Cowboys – he had two hands on it, so the ball really didn't go. It didn't fly anywhere, right. right? So now I'm really honing in. We're sitting there at MetLife Stadium in the rain. We got our ponchos on, but, man, I'm, I'm zoned in on Carson Wentz. Go back, look at the highlights, watch his footwork. Watch his eyes bounce from side, one side of the field to the other. Mm-hmm. Something, something that you didn't see a lot of. Yeah. And sure, and sure there were some wet ball issues where he was starting. You could, you could clearly tell we were there. It was wet, wet. Yeah. It was real wet, real cold, real slick. So naturally, he missed some passes. But I mean, look at him roll out, scan the field, pass the ball to the other's opposite, opposite side, side of the, of the field, field. Josh yep. in a spot yeah. where only his wide or, or wide receiver slash tight end. I don't know his 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 hybrid <laughs> back at a roster guy that was cut on or on the practice squad. He puts it. He puts the guys in a position. All of a sudden, now you're seeing a confidence. And Carson Wentz's game because he's starting to get that fundamentals right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that throw to Dallas Goddard was, and catch was amazing. Like he threw that a, across the field. But the thing that I'm seeing Carson, which is like you know, I'm just like this is amazing. Like his his poise, uh, you know, where you just hear white noise and he, he's working in between the you know, you know the garbage around him. He's just moving around the pocket and just still making plays yeah. where he's not getting shook. You know, I, I feel like this last couple games and this run he's been on, he's on he's on another level right now. Yeah. I think he's believing in his own uh, self at this moment. Not not only R.I.P. to the Dallas Cowboys, but R.I.P. to the half field concept. You know, finding the other side of the field, yeah, scanning. I mean, look, it it it, it might be, he still might be doing it. I'm sure there's still times where they are exercising that that half field concept where it's similar routes on the on both sides and he decides where he wants to attack the field um, based upon a pre snap read and just goes for it. But what if you go back, just look at Carson. 
That's all I want you to do. Watch you already know what Boston Scott did. Spin moving when he doesn't need to spin move. Kind of twirling around, bouncing off people, looking like Darren Sproles 2.0, running hard. Uh, focus in on Carson. Focus in on his fundamentals. Focus in on him protecting the ball and putting his receivers in spots. Focus And he made some mistakes. Focus in on something. He missed Miles Sanders in the flat one, still completed it to Goddard. But fo- focus on what he's doing technique-wise. And you're right, Gail. He is playing on a more confident level. He believes in himself. He doesn't. He, you don't watch him play and feel like he has that Superman complex. I mean, and also you have you have Big V um, on the outside. You have Matt Pryor. I mean, those. You lose Brandon Brooks. You, you lose Lane Johnson. You would think a quarterback in that moment would be like, you know, oh damn. You know, <laughs> I, I might have to question some things, but that's the kind of leadership you want to see from your quarterback. And then, you know, Doug Peterson alluded to uh, Carson Wentz reminding him of Brett Favre, one of the one of the all-time greats. Um, you know, he, he's having these this kind of moment. Uh, I think he just has to ride this high and, and, and progress, you know. So let's, let's get some predictions. Let's get some key to victory. Let, let's get some talk about the Seattle Seahawks coming into the building and trying to beat the Eagles for the second time at Lincoln Financial Field. And it's always harder the second time around. The Seattle Seahawks team is obviously talented. They've got uh, – it's not the Legion of Boom anymore, but it's a more than capable defense. The wide receivers, uh, minus Josh Gordon, by the way, minus Josh Gordon, still pretty damn good. Uh, running backs are taking a little bit of a hit. Marshawn Lynch came in last game, had a touchdown, a kind of an impressive touchdown, but really only had averaged like 2.8 yards per carry, so he wasn't that effective. How do the Eagles go, Gail, and do better the second time around, beat the Seattle Seahawks, and move on to the divisional round? Well, I think it's important that they, they shut down the run. Uh, this run game isn't the same exact run game that they had the last season. I mean, the last time that they played, um, you know, containing Russell Wilson in the pocket. You know, he's going to slip out. Uh, you know, I think you could you could have someone spy on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you know, Lockett, I know Lockett got hurt last game. I, I think he'll be back. But I think it's uh, imperative that these young cornerbacks step up like they did last week. You know, mm-hmm. these aren't the giant receivers, but, uh, you know, they got their hands full. Uh, I think Sidney Jones is going to have to have – Another game of his life here. Um, Rasul, uh, those guys have to step up. But yeah. I think, you know, you control the clock. You run the ball. Uh, keep Russell Wilson off the field. Keep making do, keep making these shot plays. But I think uh, the tight end screens, the, the running back screens are going to be imperative for this offense uh, moving forward. I, th- I love what they've done with Boston Scott. These running back screens have given new life. I think, uh, you know, I'd love to see some more tempo. You know Carson Wentz. Once you get that tempo going, he, fe- he it seems like he f- feels like he's unstoppable because he's in control uh, and he gets the rhythm going, gets mm-hmm. the defense tired. So I think uh, you know control control the clock, man. Keep Russell off the field, and the, and the fans got to be loud, dude. The it, the law of averages as well. How many how many times are we gonna lose to the Seahawks? It's tough. It's tough to beat a team three times in a row. Evan Hollywood Hearn, give me some keys to victory, some predictions. What do you think is going to happen? I, I agree with uh, with a lot of what Gail said. I believe that we have to lean on the run game. If you go and look at our running backs, our top three this year, Miles Sanders, uh, Howard, and Boston Scott, they are, they're all averaging uh, four or more yards a carry. So I think that if we just continue to l- utilize that, bleed the clock, and uh, really, like I'm as well as our uh, – run defense has been playing this year I'm not worried that much about Marshawn I think we can contain him I believe that uh I believe it's really going to be a step up game for our defensive backs I'm looking at uh their defensive backs on the other side of the ball and uh versus Carson I really don't think it's I mean it's it's far from the legion of boom they you know they're, they're not playing nearly at the level that they were the defensive line can create some pressure for sure, but uh, I think if we uh, roll Carson out and uh, get him in a position outside the pocket to make throws, I think that's what the key will be. Their offense is their offensive line is isn't that great yeah. as well. So now you need you need to get the pass rush going, but you need to keep contained. Something that bothered me looking back at the Giants game was that and and you listen you play every single offense a little bit differently with your stunts and the way you're utilizing your defensive tackles and the way you're utilizing your defensive ends. And they certainly got after the quarterback, but there were times where they were bull rushing so quickly 
that if you look at Danny Jones, like the pass rush just went past him, like both from the defensive tackles. And if Daniel Jones had one inkling of athletic ability in the ilk of a Kirk Cousins or some somebody that can at least or, – or Carson Wentz, somebody that can at least run, he would have gotten so many first downs. The Eagles have had trouble – Sometimes with contain, being you know what I mean. Um, Derek Barnett's a perfect example on some of the run plays that he's given up. You know, keeping contain. Um, even Danny Dimes, like you know, kind of rolled out a couple times yeah. on the Eagles to get to gain some some critical first downs. Yep. You, listen, whatever Daniel Jones can do, Russell Wilson can do in his sleep. Like he can do it a thousand times better. So it's not only rushing the passer it's gap integrity it's staying disciplined it's not giving him any outlets it's keeping him contained within the pocket and collapsing that pocket when when Russ starts to roll out or get on the move he is an assassin he is an absolute assassin uh if the defense can hold Seattle to the same amount of points that they held Seattle to last time 17 points Again, I think they win the game. If you were to tell me that the Eagles got held Seattle to 17 points in the first game, I would have bet you that they won the game. But they had a lot of turnovers, a lot of mistakes. The offense shot themselves in the foot. So if, so if Carson Wentz can continue to play what is, in essence, mistake-free football, not, not turn the ball over, right? Yeah. Doesn't, the last four games, not an interception. The fumble thing, hopefully, two hands on the ball. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Don't give up those fumbles. Uh, and the offense can stay clicking like it's been clicking over the last four weeks against tough, and I, I don't care, you can say whatever you want about those opponents. They're division rivals. They're going to play you tough against tough opponents. If you can play the way he's been playing, the Eagles have a great shot at, shot at winning the game. And also, Doug Peterson, don't get too cute. Don't outsmart yourself. He said it in the press conference this week. They found their identity. It is what it is. Just stick to what you're good at, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you've seen teams, inexperienced teams, go into the playoffs and try to get cute. This is what worries about me about the San Francisco 49ers, to be honest with you. You're not talking about an experienced team as far as going to the playoffs. You're not, experienced, you're not talking about an experienced head coach going to the playoffs. It's the same thing that, you know, Sean McVay sort of, sort of fell into that trap. You're getting a little overthinking it. Mm-hmm. Getting a little too cute in the playoffs. Doug's been there. He's been there the last three years. Yeah. Remo- four years, and he's been there into the playoffs the last three. This ain't his first rodeo. Stick to what you know. Yeah. Stick to where your talent is. Stick to your strengths. Stick to what got you there. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's that football term, uh, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. Like At this moment, you, you got to play to your strengths. Um, but, you know, going back to some of the – things you're talking about with Carson, um, you know, that last game against the Seahawks, I mean, he had two interceptions, three fumbles, yeah, turnovers, mm. so many turnovers. Critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays mistake-free football. Ah, oh, man, I mean, and we get this, we really need to get uh, the Seattle, Seattle Seahawks playing from behind. I mean, you can mm-hmm. get, up on the, get up on them early and make them one-dimensional and shut down the run game. Like, we know that they, they're, they're capable of, of, of shutting down the run. They've been pretty great at shutting down the run except for that run against Barkley. Uh other than that, I mean if uh, that's, you know, they the defensive line has a, a big test this week. Our scripted plays on the opening drives have been good the past few weeks as well though. So like that's one thing that we criticized earlier in the year, but that's another thing that's had a turnaround. Good enough to keep grow one more year, guy. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of town. Hey, before we move on to the Twitter questions, Gail, give me a prediction. Who's going to win this game? We are. Uh I think um there's new energy. I think the the heart that this team showed over the last four weeks uh, has been the common denominator. Um, I wouldn't doubt them for a fifth week to keep the keep the juices alive. Uh, I think uh, the team believes. I think Carson's on, on another level right now. Seattle is not the team that we played uh, earlier uh, this season. I think we play mistake-free football. The Eagles do win. Mm-hmm. Evan. Take the under. It's gonna, I think it's going to be a very defensive game on both sides of it. I see the uh, the Eagles walking out on top, though. Ultimately, uh, seventeen to six. Prime, D- give give me an early um, weather report. Can you pull up the weather? 
Give me an early weather report. What, and who do you got winning the game, Prime? I got us winning the game. No doubt about it. All right, damn We're right. Hot. We're going to stay hot. Ben, shout it. Had the weekend off. I'm just mad that I got work Sunday. Oh, this guy. <laughs> Get him out. Put a bit of bench Birds win? Birds win. Birds win. I think they win. 36 degrees and it's going to be sunny. 36 degrees and it's going to be sunny for once. Good. This is the rainiest season that I can ever remember. Like, some some years, like, we look back and it, it, it the weekends, they're dry, they're warm, and you're like, man, that was a great... This has been the wettest monsoon season <coughs> that I can remember in recent history. Oh, so we're soaked. Constantly <laughs> soaking. Every soaking every game. Nothing ruins a man's swag when you, you're sitting there looking like a wet cat. All right, let's get to these Twitter questions before we get ourselves in trouble. Um, all right. Uh, Chris Wilde wants to know, yeah. do we applaud the Eagles for having these guys on the practice squad, or do we question why they were there for so long, like Hollins and J-Matt, why Hollins and J-Matt were starting over these practice squad phenoms we've got? Listen, you don't know what you're having uh, with a guy until you throw him into the fire. Um I've, I've kind of said this before. I think it's more when you invest draft capital capital in mm-hmm. an individual, you want to give that individual every opportunity to play and prove you right. Practice squad guys are kind of practice squad guys. Um, I bet you there's a lot of p- players on a lot of practice squads that, given the opportunity, would look just as hungry. Maybe not perform as well, but... Um, you know, be just as hungry and just as eager to go out there and make a name for themselves and live the dream. I don't, I don't fault like who in the NFL. Give me another name or another team or another year that they just like benched all their starters and went with practice squad dudes. Like, na- yeah. na- na- that's name- like an NBA move. It's yeah, rare to see. Yeah, na- na- yeah. Name, say that out loud and think. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't. So that's why it happened. It happened out of necessity. And it just happens to be working out. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm certainly not going to bitch. I mean, I, I think, you know, the Nelson Aguilar thing, I think there was, he was showing us what he was at the moment. Like if he was in uh, mental at the moment and not in the right space, I think that's where the coaches needed to step up. I think uh, Mac Hollins, uh, he wasn't giving you anything mm-hmm. for most of the, the season. I thought um, a guy like, you know, Greg Ward, who's been doing it, uh, the whole off season, uh, preseason, uh, in in practice, he's been and when he's called, he's upon. been a darling for for almost two years. You know, he's one guy that Coach Peterson would always like mention in his press conference. I'm like, is he just saying that just to say it? But now we actually see what he's yeah. You know, a lot of the beats were talking about Greg Ward over the you know off season in preseason. So I think uh, you know I would have liked to see uh, Greg Ward a little earlier. Yeah, every I, and it's easy. Hindsight is twenty twenty. I get it. Like, why were these guys who were struggling starting over guys that now are performing better? I get it. At this point, I'm just happy that things worked out. Well, yeah, what else you got? Uh, Mr. iFlow wants to know, who is going to be the player of the game for us this wild card weekend? Mm. I'm going to go Carson Wentz. I think it has to be. Yeah. He's got to be great. I mean, listen, the, the, sto- the story of the Eagles getting to the playoffs – Post Miami disaster has been the performance of Carson Wentz and uplifting the supporting cast around him that was thrown into active duty. That narrative does not change. Like, again, the Wentz haters, y'all look stupid. Like, why, <laughs> why, why, why do you think the Eagles are in the playoffs right now? You think it was Greg Ward? Greg Ward saved the season. You think it was Boston Scott put the team on his back, though? No, it was Carson up, Wentz. Yeah. It was Carson Wentz. All right, making these guys look, making these guys believe, putting them in spots to to to, to succeed, throwing balls to the like it's Carson Wentz. So as long as he performs well, I think the Eagles succeed. I think the player of the game has to be Carson Wentz. Like like here here's how much of a homer and not a hater I am. I'll criticize Carson. Carson Wentz cost you that game against the Seattle Seahawks the first time. Carson Wentz single handedly cost you that game. That's on him. That's his fault. He's going to be the reason why you win this game. And, and I think it's important to look stupid. when when <laughs> when we catch L's, you know who who gets the blame for that? Carson Wentz. Yeah. You know wh- he's got a series of wins, four in a row. You got to give the man his credit. You know people don't want to you know give him the credit when I should the I should do. I, some some people don't want to some people like I respect a guy like ESP. 
who despite all the Carson Wentz bashing comes on comes out on Twitter and says Carson Wentz has been clutch. He's been singing the praises of Carson. Wentz. Like I respect that. I can respect that. <laughs> he's he's, get, he's getting hate though. Why is he getting no? He shouldn't. Nah, I think, he shouldn't. I think if you're hating on a dude, dude proves you wrong. Dude, that's a man. Man steps up and says I was wrong. Uh, the guys and get and pats the dude on the back. That isn't being turned, Cody. You no, don't I'm want him digging that, in his I'm just, heels. I'm just, just saying the North does not forget. Yeah. I ain't mad at GSP. This is a good segue. I wish all the Carson Wentz haters would be like him. This just is a good admit. segue for the next question. Okay. Because Shane KLZ <laughs> wants to know, what's more bitter, a lemon or Orlando Skandrick on uh, Undisputed today saying, how? but how many playoff wins does Carson got as his weak argument in uh, response to being wrong about this team? Yeah, and, that, and that's, and that's just, just the thing. Like, they'll keep moving the goalposts. My man Ike Reese says that all the time. These these Wentz haters keep moving the goalposts. They keep reevaluating. You know, I mean, they they keep redefining. Like if if Carson Wentz checks a box, there's so much of a hater that they look at that box and go, "Well, that box didn't matter." Even though you made that box, mm-hmm. you made this statement, and he checked it off. Now all of a sudden, it doesn't matter. So all of a sudden, you got to start talking about something else. He keeps checking boxes, checking boxes, checking boxes. Like if Carson Wentz wins a playoff game. Y'all going to look stupid, first of all. And y'all going to have one more box. And that's Super Bowl box that Nick Foles checked after 52 years of franchise history. So it's not like everybody checks those boxes. One year, 2017 to destiny. And I'll always thank Car- I always thank Nick Foles for what he did. But again, some of y'all look stupid. Yeah. I mean, his, his Carson Wentz takes and uh, his girlfriend leaving him are both looking at him. Making him look stupid. So yeah, on a, on a scale of like uh, Orlando how rough a week he's got, 10, how how good's your week going? Because I'm feeling pretty. I'm I'm at a ten. I'm at a ten. She's like, I ain't hanging out with them losers. Yeah, <laughs> bum ass. Get a job. <laughs> All right. So, um, Chicken Leg John wants to know: <laughs> uh, Do you guys feel that the recent uh, fourth down attempt, uh, failed fourth down attempts against Dallas and New York, are going to have Doug maybe second guessing himself this Sunday? No, no, I don't no. think so. I think it's, I think playoff he's, Doug is different. Yeah, playoff Doug's a, you read my mind, Gail. You read my mind. Playoff Doug is is like you can tell when Doug's trying to force his bravado. Like you've seen it before, him going fourth down. And you're like, really, Doug? Are we oh, okay? Are you sure? And then it doesn't work out, and be like, Dougie, <laughs> playoff Doug doesn't try to force or fake the bravado. Playoff Doug puts it on the table. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I don't think he's going to have any fear whatsoever. In fact, I think he's going to be even more ballsy given the fact that his you know, kicker, granted, he hit a 50-yarder against the, yeah. against the Giants, but let's face it, you're gonna ha- you are coming into the playoffs with the worst record of any of the playoff teams. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to go balls to the wall. I think Absolutely. they'll have a wheelbarrow right next to Doug on the sideline <laughs> carrying him around. Let's go. Let's go, Doug. If you don't see Greg Roy throw a pass, you're going to be upset? We've been oh, waiting. It's, it's coming. Like, like, yo, don't get too cute with it, but <laughs> give Greg Ward the opportunity. Give Greg Ward the opportunity. All right, one more before we get on out of here. Okay, so uh, let's end with Mijo. He wants to know, how happy are you with this season regardless of how it ends as an Eagles fan? That is an excellent question because those expectations have changed dramatically as the season has gone on. Right. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, it was we, we. I think we even had this discussion on the air. Super Bowl or bust? Is that a reasonable expectation for this Philadelphia Eagles team? And me, I'm I'm kind of sitting here going, well, if you feel like you have a shot, it should be Super Bowl or bust. You should anything less than a Super. Like if your team stinks, you shouldn't be like a Super Bowl or bust. You know where you're at. Yeah, but looking at that team on paper going into the season, that's how we thought. That's how we thought. That's how we thought. Super Bowl or bust. My expectation. And I'm, gl- and I'm glad this person asked this because it's not something we really discussed here because now, like, we all have different expectations. And again, like I said in the intro, I can't tell you how long this is going to last. I can't tell you if they're going to upset people. I can't tell you if they're going to be one or done. I can't tell you if this is a Super Bowl team. I don't know any of that right now. But what I, what I do know is I'm, I'm just I'm happy to be here. Just happy to be here. Like, think about how miserable it's been some of these weeks coming in here and talking to this microphone. We've Before these cameras turn on, sometimes we're bad, we don't even want to be here. We don't want to talk about this. We're miserable. 
We're tired. It was a late game last night. We got our asses kicked. I don't want to be here. I want to do this. Spence don't want to do this. Ben definitely don't want to do this. He wants to be back down in Miami doing whatever the hell he was doing. You know what I mean? So the fact that we're even here, it's like we're playing with house money. Ben, you up? You good? Okay. <laughs> you got the itis right there. Uh, I mean, at, at, the end of the end, at the end of the day, I'm I'm proud of this football team. Like I have, you know, regardless of how far, I, I, I feel like it's, you know, I'm at a point where like anything can happen. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm proud to see what they've put on the field the last couple of weeks. They've been fighting. It's in the, it's, it's in the fight song. Yeah. Fight, Eagles fight. And if I could see my squad out there fighting, scratching and surviving, mm-hmm. that's what you want to see. That's like football 101. Like if you're on a football team and you see your guys like really giving it their all, it's inspiring to see. It's inspiring. I'm going to narrow it down and make it a little bit more specific. If the Eagles lose against the Seahawks, do I still deem this – season as a success, right? Because that's what we're getting into. That's what the question when is. They win. That's, when they win. Wait, wait, relax, dude. When, they win. <laughs> when it gets down to the nitty-gritty, if when? the unlikely possibility that they lose the game, uh, would I still deem the season as success? And my thought is, absolutely. We checked the boxes with Carson Wentz, given everything that they've gone through. I can applaud a losing effort if they give that effort. If they, you know, What I can't deal with is a Miami situation, but what they've put on for the last four weeks fighting scratching clawing showing passion showing belief in one another being built for this time of year believing in Doug not giving up I will I will deem it as a success and I will look forward to loftier expectations in 2020 sound good sounds good all right my man uh, before we get on out of here, a couple of shout-outs. Shout-out to my girl, Sonny Anderson. <laughs> Woo! Got the hookup, man. Did she hook it up for the Giants game? We were in this thing called Thank the you, Coaches Sonny. Club, which if you've never seen it, it's that section behind the Giants bench where the fans can actually be on the field. Prime's making fun of me because I'm a little short in the ass, so I couldn't necessarily see everything, but it was a very unique way to watch a football game. They had a sushi bar. This guy. Uh, all you can eat, lobster rolls and everything like that. It was such an incredible experience. So can't thank Sonny enough for the tickets. Uh, those had to be expensive. I don't even want to know how much. I mean, they you should have seen this guy at the sushi buffet. He was like that. The family members at the the wedding buffet who's, who don't really go out that much. He was like Zeke, who, who couldn't who couldn't stop himself. I had to take pictures. I'm like, dude. Did you lay off the sushi? Yeah, I was uh, I was four plates deep. I was stacking sushi like stacking like uh, chips. You know what I mean? So it was like a stack of sushi, then just pouring soy sauce over it and just. Jesus. And then he started getting booze. He's like, "Yo, while you're over there, could you get the uh, give me a diet Pepsi and make sure we put a flavor shot in there?" Was flavor shots, but uh, I want to hear anything about bougie. Gail's outside. Could you give me a lemon chip. shot? This this freaking guy. Pepsi. This freaking guy is standing on the field. With a lobster roll and a hunk of lobster claw falls on the ground and he goes, uh, "Excuse me, I dropped my lobster on the field." That's how bougie he nah. was. Yo, yeah. yo, yo, oh, I had a pretzel in my pocket. Like I'm telling you, I was like that. Oh, don't make it sound ghetto now. And no, had, you were I, sitting there I, I with had, your pinky out, eating your lobster roll. Don't make it. You gotta balance it. You can be bougie, but, next but time it's don't called bougetto. Don't. <laughs> that's, what it's, that's what it's called. You can be bougie with your lobster tail and the crabs and all that, but don't forget the Tupperware so you can. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I did. man. You know, I, I had Cracker the Jacks in the pocket. Trick. We should have. I was eating Cracker oh Jack God. in the in the cart ride home. Were you? I was. Did you oh, stuff them pockets? It was in the pockets, bro. <laughs> <laughs> See? I know. <laughs> Shout out to Concha. <laughs> he gets a little fist pound for that one. Uh, thank you to Concha Hawk and Bakery uh, for supplying the food for the tailgates. Uh, all season long They've been one of our biggest and first supporters So we appreciate it Tina We love you Thank you to Bud Light for everything that they do Supplying the beer uh, to the tailgates Monster Energy for supplying the uh, beverages For the tailgates A little bit of tailgate info We're gonna do it One last time One last rodeo Because regardless of what happens The Eagles are gonna be on the, probably gonna be on the road We're probably not gonna get another one of these So we're gonna go out with a bang We're gonna go out in style it's a four, what, 440 game. I would anticipate the gates opening up around 9.30, 10 o'clock. Parking lot F1. Be there. It's going to be It's gonna be big. It's yeah. going to be loud. It's going to be rowdy. And fans, pace yourself. You know, if you're out yes. there drinking, it's a long day. Pace, pace yourself. Pace yourselves, please. Reese, can you do me a favor? Can you stand right here? 
to everybody, turn around, look at the camera, right there. This is my daughter Reese. All right, we're we're gonna. This is called a sign off right now. You ready? You ready? Wave hi to mommy. Hi, mom. <laughs> mom. All right. So until next time, we will see you after the Eagles beat the Seattle Seahawks at Lincoln Financial Field to advance to the divisional round. Let's go, birds! And we will see you right here again at NBC Sports Philadelphia. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.